Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, November 21st. Our top story today, friends and family have paid tribute to a dad from Deal who died while working on a new build estate. David Archer, known to many as Ogger, suffered fatal injuries after falling down a manhole in Manston near Ramsgate last week. Lucy has the details for us. Lucy, what do we know about the accident? Well, David was working at the Spitfire Green development at around 10.30 last Tuesday when he fell through an open manhole cover. Police and paramedics were called to the scene just off New Hain Road, but the 36-year-old was declared dead at the scene. There are no suspicious circumstances surrounding his death. The health and safety executive is carrying out an investigation into the accident, while reports are being prepared for the coroner. And I believe tributes are being paid to the father of two. Yes, David's friend Craig Josh was working with him at the time of the accident and says he had the biggest heart of gold. He was known as a keen pool player and someone who loved to barbecue in the summer. He's also being remembered as a wonderful father to his son Jack and his daughter Poppy and a loving husband to his wife Rachel. How are the community rallying around his family? Well, they've set up a GoFundMe to support Rachel, Jack and Poppy. David was said to have done anything for his family and was always working to provide for them. Despite setting a goal of £5,000, the fundraisers already reached more than 30000 from more than 800 donations. Thanks, Luke. A spokesperson for Barrett, David Wilson Kent, whose development it is, say they're deeply saddened by the death. They say they're supporting the teams on the site and will help authorities investigate exactly what happened. Another of our top stories today, a woman's been critically injured after being attacked by a dog in Bexley. The victim in her 40s was inside a property in Bedwell Road in Belvedere yesterday morning when she was savaged. The air ambulance was called and she was taken to a hospital where she remains in a critical condition. The dog, believed to be a bulldog, was also injured but has since died. Kent Online News. A man in his 20s has been taken to hospital following a stabbing in Gillingham. Police were called to an alleyway off Priestfield Road yesterday evening. His injuries are not thought to be life-threatening. Investigations are ongoing. A Chatham woman has died in her mother's arms after suffering a cardiac arrest on her way into London. Lynn Schwentke was heading to the capital as part of her 40th birthday celebrations when she became ill. Her medically trained mother attempted to do CPR before paramedics arrived. The mum of three was pronounced dead at Medway Maritime Hospital. A GoFundMe has been set up to help her family pay for the funeral. An Ashford man says his wife called him an absolute idiot for stealing food and plastic storage containers from the range. Stephen Keane was tracked down after he was caught on CCTV taking about £100 worth of goods earlier this month. The 60-year-old from Esseford Road has been placed on a 12-month conditional discharge in order to pay more than £100 in costs. Kent Online News. A United Nations expert has criticised the sentence given to two Just Stop oil protesters who climbed up onto the Dartford Crossing Bridge. The men were sentenced to a total of more than five years in prison after holding up traffic for almost 40 hours in October last year. It's feared the severity of the jail term could breach international law and put people off speaking up about environmental concerns. Police are going to be out and about targeting hotspots in Kent following an increase in the number of robberies. There were 1,000 
190 in the 12 months to March. That's 6% up on the previous year. Operation Calibre is also about raising awareness about the lasting impact it can have on victims. Now, as we head into winter, Kent Online has been hearing from a Kent councillor about the pressure local authorities are under to find temporary accommodation for the homeless. Gravesham Borough Council is one that's calling on the government for more funding as they struggle to meet demand. In the last five years, the authorities place more than a thousand people into temporary accommodation. It's cost nearly two million pounds in the last financial year alone. Here's councillor Jenny Wallace. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because these are people who are having to relinquish their homes. And if you've got two parents, one, two, three children, I mean, it doesn't take much to imagine what the upheaval is and if they've got to move into temporary accommodation. So that's why we as a council are trying to make it as easy. It's not easy, but as easy as we possibly can um, to help them because you just, you just, your heart goes out to them. Uh, and I just, it's really almost today's version, um, the updated version of the social care um, emergency um, because it, it's everywhere. And it's not just Gravesham, it's throughout the country. Every local authority has got this enormous pressure. We can't turn people away. The government do not give us enough money. I mean, we get, in terms of the temporary accommodation, 19.19% of what we have to spend. And even those grants, you know, the officers have to find those pots of money to bid for, have to put in for them, don't necessarily get what we bid for. And we are constantly doing that, constantly looking at ways of how we can help. We need more help. Um, from central government. And I think you'll probably hear that from every local authority across the country. With housing issues affecting every council across the county, the approval of new developments in Ashford has been met with mixed reaction from residents and local bosses. The 550 property Kings North Green scheme and a new medical practice will cover 126 acres of land off Pound Lane, Magpie Hall Road, Bond Lane and Ashford Road. Council say the landscape and visual impacts of the projects were outweighed by the necessity to deliver new housing in the borough. Kent Online News. People with disabilities or mental health issues could reportedly be told to work from home or face having their benefits reduced. Ahead of tomorrow's autumn statement, the government is thought to be looking at measures as part of a stick and carrot approach to getting people back to work. Seven Oaks MP Laura Trott is Chief Secretary to the Treasury. I think that if you can work as a principal, you should work. And that is what the government believes. That's been the thrust of all of our policies. Of course, there should be support for people uh, to help them into work or to help them with issues that they're facing. But ultimately, there is a duty on citizens that if they are able to go out to work, that's what they should do. I think this is a decision for which is taken, you know, in the way that all benefit decisions are taken with the Department of Work and Pensions. Um, it's a very serious job. I've just moved from the Department of Work and Pensions. You know, you've got some brilliant civil servants there who are working very hard to make sure our welfare system is supporting those who need support. But those who can work, can contribute, should contribute. And that is the principle that we must keep throughout all of this. A Chatter man who lost thousands of pounds and almost his life through gambling says more needs to be done to tackle the stigma around it. Matt Burgess started betting with friends at uni but slowly became addicted. I went to university um, and, you know, started gambling with some friends who I played football with, um, regularly sort of watching Premier League games. The gambling was, 
you know, an amount I could certainly afford um, and was, you know, just a bit of fun, really, on, on something that I was very interested in. Um, and then over time, that kind of grew into fixed odds betting terminals. Uh, and over my kind of three years at university, that, you know, the, the money I was spending got, got bigger and bigger. Over time, uh, I was spending gambling got bigger as well. Um, and then uh, I left university. Um, I did a performing arts degree. Um, always wanted to become a professional performer. Was able to do that. Um, got an agent. Uh, I went into the world of professional work. Um, and from there, you know, there was a lot of kind of traveling and touring. Um, and I started to find that I was a bit bored, um, you know, and using gambling as a bit of an escapism. You know, I, I, I look back now and realize I'm one of the people that kind of needs to be around that network of friends and family that I kind of rely on, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, gambling got, got worse and worse. Um, by this point, I kind of knew I was addicted, but didn't tell anyone. Um, actually, nobody knew about my addiction throughout the whole period. Um, and as time went on, I started to spend more and more money and more and more time. Um, you know, got to the point where um, I was gambling sort of 16, 17 hours a day, um, spending thousands of pounds a, a day. Um, and it all kind of came to a head when I um, lost everything I had in my bank account in the early hours of the morning panicked, uh, took out a big overdraft and, and gambled that as well. Um, and then the next morning, I made a very, very serious attempt on my life. And you said, Matt, no one knew, no one else knew that the problems you were going through. Why didn't you share that with anybody? Why did you keep it all to yourself? Um, I, I think I look back now, I think it was just a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Um, I was worried about how people would react. You know, gambling is nicknamed the hidden addiction, right? Um, and and it's because it is quite easy to hide. You know, if I was to drink 10 pints and come and have this conversation with you, you'd, you'd probably notice. But if I just gambled £5,000, you, you probably wouldn't. You know, it might, might be in a bit of a mood, who knows. But I just think there is such a stigma around gambling addiction itself. Um, you know, it's something that affects quite a lot of people, but we just don't talk about it. There is still a little bit of um, that thinking from, from the world that if you're gambling too much, just stop. Um, and I think that's just a lack of education and understanding around when something is is addictive and when you are addicted to something, it's not quite that easy. So, yeah, I think that was a big part of it. A lot of shame, a lot of guilt um, and, yeah, a lot of kind of being worried about how people would react. Here's Dr. Linda Papadopoulos. My name is Dr. Linda Papadopoulos. I'm a psychologist. Linda, wonderful to chat to you. We've been chatting there to, to Matt about his story and he spoke um, really clearly about how he kept his gambling addiction to himself and there was this huge stigma. Why Why is it that people keep things like this bottled up? It's a barrier to change, right? If you, if you don't speak about it, then you don't have to change what's going on. And when you are in the throes of sort of gambling harm, interestingly enough, the thing that's harming you the most, paradoxically in your mind, is the thing that you seek out as a means of taking away your stress as a means of the solution to all your problems. I know I, I, Matt spoke so eloquently. I think one of the things that you often hear is this idea of like the, the next one. So like it's it's been bad so far, but actually things might change with the next one. And then if no one finds out, and if I can just keep this going, then it'll be okay. So I think, um, you know, as societies, we, you know, stigma is, is, an, is an interesting principle, right, as well, because it, what it does is it kind of separates what we ought to be doing from what we ought not to be doing. But what happens is when you're in the throes of something like, uh, you know, the, the gambling harms that we describe, you you begin to to isolate not just as a means of 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 not you know of dealing with the stigma but as a means of kind of maintaining this dysfunctional behavior and therein lies the problem 
And Matt was also saying how when he was growing up, it just kind of wasn't really spoken about in schools. You heard about other addictions that, that perhaps were more felt to be more commonplace. I mean, how vital do you think it is moving forward that education around gambling is, is there and at the forefront in schools and, and universities? I, I don't think you can overstate how important it is. I think the work that Gamble Aware is doing, especially on this campaign that is around stigma, is critical because without awareness, I, I don't think if we can't label something as problematic, you can't really look at it, right? So if this idea of like, well, it's it's a game, right? Ultimately, gambling is a game, right? So I'm just doing this. And if we don't kind of speak about the harms and speak about the notion that this, this is just as bad as if you, you know, for your own mental and physical health, because we know this is not just about money, right? With gambling addiction, to Matt's point, it affects absolutely everything, your identity, your relationships, your mental, your physical health. If we're not speaking about that and we're mislabeling it, then we're much more likely to avoid the problem and not get the help that we need. And therein lies the crux of this. We know that, I think I think that the stat that we have Gamble Aware is like 64% of people experiencing gambling harm have never spoken to anyone about it. But the other side of that is that 76% said that the minute they spoke to someone, they felt that there was hope and and we need to have that sense of hope that this can change. Anyone who is wanting to get some advice or support, what's the best thing for them to do? Advice is free, it's confidential and it's available 24 hours a day. If you go on to Gamble Aware, so go online, search Gamble Aware, or if you want to speak to someone immediately, contact the National Gambling Helpline 24-7, they're open and the number is 0808 Residents who live near King's School in Rochester have lashed out at parents who park on double yellows for up to 40 minutes during the school run. Locals have complained of traffic congestion on St Margaret Street with some vehicles blocking driveways and parking on pavements. Bosses at the school say they're aware of the problem and are taking steps to sort it out. The boardwalk on the beach at Folkestone has been closed off. We're told it's so a new permanent one can be laid and that this is the best time because there aren't as many tourists. It's set to take around four weeks. Kent Online News. A Kent Rescue Centre is looking to rehome 30 pregnant guinea pigs and their babies. They were moved from a property and brought to the RSPCA Lay Board. It's hoped people will come forward to look after them or offer a donation towards their care. It looks like Home Bargains is going to take over the former BHS store at Hempstead Valley in Medway. The site's previously been occupied by M&Co as well as seasonal shop Christmas time. A planning application has been submitted to the council. The search is on for a new company to run the Winter Gardens in Margate. The music venue closed in August last year and council bosses say they want to hear from people who can restore the building to its former glory. They have confirmed they won't consider any offers to turn it into housing. Anyone who's expressed an interest will be invited to submit their vision in the new year. Head to Kent Online to see an adorable video of a seal diving in the river near Sandwich. The footage was captured at Pegwell Bay, where a large number of the animals live. And finally, there are just a few days left to get involved in KMFM's Give a Gift campaign. They're collecting thousands of toys to give to children in hospitals, care facilities and in less fortunate situations this Christmas. Gemma Camp is from Eleanor Hospice in Gravesham, which benefited from donations last year. I'm pretty sure that there was around 50 plus gifts that we had um which was yeah absolutely fantastic I know that there was some some really big like toys in there as well that were high value which was amazing Christmas can be a challenging time and for us uh, for our families and they really 
for us we want to try and make it as special as possible and make as many memories as possible for for our families and for us to be able to give give these gifts out to to them um it just is a really small gesture that does make uh, a really big impact on them we arrange festive events over the christmas period and that's lovely as it is but then for them to walk away with a gift as well um really high quality gifts as well or several gifts which was what happened last year um they they're just over the moon and it really does mean the world to them and to us as well uh, we couldn't do um what we do without the support of our local community and that is um as well as donations of money it's donations of gifts and services and things like this it, it means the world to us the best part for us is really seeing um the the community aspect of it i suppose because um the appeal obviously is is um you know bringing everyone together to to benefit local um organizations charities hospitals at this time of year there's lots lots of people want to do something and want to get involved with local charities and don't really know how to and how to give back so for them to for um kmfm to put this initiative together it's um it makes it easier for people to be able to do that and to feel like they're making a difference which ultimately benefits us and our families which is amazing so it's a real community effort and it means the absolute world to to us and our families and we're really grateful to be involved again this year as well as last year you've got until friday to donate you can find out how to get involved at kmfm.co.uk or by visiting kent online that's all from us today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook x instagram tiktok and threads you can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing to sign up just head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast